welcome to the latest episode of Be Atento. I am Jesse Ulrich, CEO of Random Productions and editor of this podcast. The Be Atento podcast offers helpful tips and stories from some of today's most successful entrepreneurs and investors, and is brought to you by Atento Capital, a Tulsa-based venture fund focused on driving returns through early-stage venture investment in local economic development and job creation. Atento stands for helpful, careful, thoughtful, conscientious, and polite as Atento Capital seeks to embody these characteristics to all of its stakeholders. We'd like to thank you for joining us for another edition of the Be Atento podcast, where we are bringing some of the remarkable solutions that we are offering here in Tulsa to you every day uh, in a new way. So we have two wonderful guests. We have uh, Louis Napoleon and we have Aaron Miller here of the In Tulsa team to talk about some of the dynamic work that they're doing. Guys, welcome to the Be Atento podcast. Hello. Thank you. Thanks great, for having us. Great to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. We want to just take some time and uh, get to know you guys a little bit better. So I'll give you just a couple seconds here to talk, tell us a little bit about the Louis Napoleon story and the Aaron Miller story. And then we'll, we'll talk about the In Tulsa story. How about that? Sounds good. Uh, alphabetical order, Aaron, you go first. <laughs> All right, we're switching things up here. Um, great. So Aaron Miller, I this is my second stint in Tulsa. So right. I moved here originally for Teach for America, which is a pretty common story here in town. Um, people have relocated to Tulsa for a program that George Kaiser Family Foundation has been a part of launching. So when I moved here, I had never been to Oklahoma, had no concept of this place. I came from Chicago. And, uh, you know, brought nothing with me. I just came in a car full of clothes. And seven years later, I looked up and realized that I had spent the good part of my early 20s and my kind of formative years here in Tulsa. So worked for GKFF for a while. I was built a lot of the arts district uh, amenities that you see today. Guthrie Green, 36 Degrees North, the building that we're actually recording in right now, the, the fly loft. Um, so really involved in the arts district as a tool to recruit and retain young talent. Um, left town for a bit, actually. Went back to graduate school at Northwestern in Chicago. Worked in talent development at a big uh, tech company there called Tempest. But the, the lure of Tulsa was strong. And in August of 2020, I moved back here with my partner to help launch in Tulsa. So this is a, a place that I'm, I'm really invested in. Um, having kind of chosen to return here and just absolutely love Tulsa and the opportunities that we have to make this city a model for America. Wow. That's powerful. And we'll, we'll, we'll delve a little bit more into the decision, the conscious decision to come back. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Go ahead, Louis, tell us your story. I too am a hashtag Tulsan by choice. Um, I originally grew up in New York, uh, upstate New York, actually. I always said that growing up and people would imagine the city, but I didn't get to the city until I was like 18. <laughs> okay. um, so I grew up in Rochester, uh, did my undergrad at Buffalo, University of Buffalo. Um, actually studied musical theater was my, my undergrad major. So that took me to New York. Um, wanted to uh, chase the lights of Broadway, if you will. Traveled uh, quite a bit with various musical theater shows. Uh, actually, my first two times in Tulsa were both through the Performing Arts Center here wow. um, on Cats and West Side Story. 
That was uh, a little while ago. I won't date myself too much. Who did you play in West Side Story? In the U.S. here, I was a swing, so I covered all the ensemble roles. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. That took me over to Europe, did some, spent about nine months working in Germany, working on, the, on West Side Story as well. Went back to New York, was uh, really fulfilled by my time in my 20s doing performing, but realizing that it wasn't really paying bills and it was kind of just an exciting way to see the world. Um, so I started to dabble in real estate, got into residential and multifamily real estate um, on the brokerage side, did that for five, six years. That really turned me on to um, continuing to build relationships and tell stories, which is kind of my through line through the, the various industries I've been in. And with uh, real estate, I got turned on to finance, business, um, you know, uh, structuring of deals, transactions. And that took me to uh, business school to get my MBA. I graduated from Columbia in May of 20 amidst the pandemic. Um, my connection to coming back to Tulsa, my partner's originally from here. Um, so it was always on our radar to come back to Tulsa uh, eventually. I was in New York for about 10, 11 years. And uh, we were planning on coming back after grad school anyways. We had a lease through about January 21. And we're going to see that through. Pandemic hit, uh, like everyone else, it kind of uprooted uh, our plans. And for us, I think um, not as much as, as others, because we were going to already come back this way. It just made the exit from New York a little different. Um, I was already somewhat aware of what was happening uh, in Tulsa in terms of this burgeoning ec ecosystem, um, was lucky to get connected uh, through a buddy at business school with somebody at Atento, um, the one and only Mike Bosch. I'm sure that that name has been um, heard a lot in this microphone. <laughs> it's been echoed yeah, many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so Mike got me uh, connected. And um, my journey to Tulsa was uh, Aaron and I had, it was our first meeting, right? We There was a Shabbat dinner and um, we hung out. And then the next week, I think he was looking to grow his team a little bit as they were figuring out what this talent strategy and acquisition thing was that has become in Tulsa. Um, and as they say, the rest is history. Yeah. Perfect segue. So let's talk about, that's, that's your stories. Let's talk a little about the in Tulsa story. So what, what was the impetus of in Tulsa? Like what, what yeah. made them feel like this had to happen? Well, you know, there are a number of things that have happened in Tulsa over the last few years that have, you know, perfectly combined to lead to this need for in Tulsa services. So there's the problem in Tulsa um, that we have seen growing a tech economy is that we don't always have the right match of talent to the skills needed. And that, you know, is for a number of reasons, lack of a four-year institution in Tulsa, uh, you know, changing economy. We've had a heavy focus on oil and gas, aerospace, manufacturing, and all of these pieces starting with 36 degrees north. Um, moving into the formation of Intento Capital, the work that Tulsa Innovation Labs is doing to grow their five focus areas of you know innovation economy, all of those need talent to fuel their rise here in Tulsa. And so we came in to solve this issue of how do we match the right talent and the right entryways for anyone from many different backgrounds into the tech world with the right companies. And so if when, when we have the companies here, great, let's get them the right people to grow. When we don't have the right companies, let's go find those companies. So this really came out of a need of how do we grow our economy? How do we grow our population? How do we provide better paying jobs? And how do we work to help people from all different backgrounds find these stable, growth-oriented uh, career paths that 
are so often found in the technology economy. And Louis, I'm curious. Uh, yeah, and I, I would almost start a couple steps back um, just in my, my time exploring what my life would look like in Tulsa and what my career trajectory would look like. And I think, um, you know, the impetus of this thing really was how do we be, how do we create a value add partner for portfolio companies locally? Um, you know, is it totally fair to, to uproot founders, bring them to Tulsa um, and say, hey, we want you to hire local Tulsans, but not give them a device to do so. So it felt like we can do that easily. Yeah. Um, and like, like most uh, large ecosystem building audacious problems, it's uh, obviously easier said than done. So right. we started with getting, you know, we had one recruiter, um, Nicole Horton on our team who, who started initially. Um, I think things really kicked off maybe August, September of 2020. Um, and we really were trying to be that value add partner. And, you know, I would argue still are to those portfolio companies, both, um, you know, direct investments and then also uh, what we consider indirect investments through a fund to fund strategy. Um, but with that, we've grown even larger into becoming, you know, the, the key driver of identifying talent gaps locally. How do we get our people ready for the 21st century? Um, how do we diversify the economy? Um, because there's been a lot of great legacy industries in Tulsa that have done really well by the community. Right. But as we continue to grow and think in spans of 10, 20, 30 years, um, we feel it's very important to continue to, to diversify and also diversify uh, local skill sets and making sure that we're, we're building with the community. But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, it's all good. You bring up some interesting points. Uh, one of them, uh, Aaron, you talked in your intro around uh, leaving here, making the choice to leave, go to grad school, work at this great startup, and then the conscious decision to come back here um, and to continue building what you started building before. Hmm. Um, what I think is remarkable is this, and you tell me, how do you feel about uh, leaving such an imprint on this city that you, that you have, right? Um, building this arts district or being a, a contributor to this arts district that is so uh, burgeoning right now and just so uh, bustling. Everyone is excited about what's going on in the arts district right now. Like, tell me your thoughts. How do you feel about that? What does it feel like to be one of the architects or uh, however, however much credit you want to take for it? Right? Uh, <laughs> Not much. Yeah. I call him the mayor of Tulsa. He is. <laughs> Listen, when I said Aaron Wiggum, everybody kept saying Aaron Miller. I said, no, I'm a different person. Like, everybody a, better, knows, a better man. <laughs> everybody knows Aaron Miller. So tell us a little bit about that, Aaron. Yeah, no, I've, I one, I feel incredibly humbled um, to have been able to participate in the incredible work from the George Kaiser Family Foundation. Right. right? Without George Kaiser Family Foundation, without George's kind of big vision mm. for what this community could become, the Tulsa Arts District would look very different. Yeah. And I really do believe that the Arts District is this kind of heart and pulse of the city. Uh, it truly stemmed for me from where in Tulsa can there be a melting pot? We mm -hmm. are a city that is so divided yes. based on geographic lines. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're a North Tulsa mm -hmm. person. You're an East Tulsa person. You're South Tulsa. And I think that downtown was neglected for so long mm -hmm. in terms of being this cultural pole and center of gravity mm -hmm. for the entire community. And, you know, to build an inclusive downtown requires that you slow down a bit, mm -hmm. that you don't 
uh, sell the farm to outside developers yeah. who come in and, you know, we always used to fear the Disneyification of okay. downtown Tulsa. Right. And I think what the, the pace at which we've built the arts district with a lot of local uh, business owners mm -hmm. has been so important to the success and the authenticity that you feel walking around this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, there's many challenges that have popped up along the way. But overall, I'm so proud of how Tulsa has come together to support Guthrie Green, mm -hmm. to support the restaurants and the businesses, the ballpark. Um, and I really credit Kathy Taylor a lot for pushing the ballpark to be built in downtown versus South Tulsa, because mm -hmm. I think it was this anchor point that that drew a lot of excitement and investment and energy. The BOK Center um, being built downtown and then George Kaiser for for building up the arts district. So I just feel lucky to be a part of that. And and really what I think has evolved over time is that we've been able to tie the placemaking elements mm -hmm. of building an arts and cultural district to the ability to attract businesses. Mm. Without the arts district, we wouldn't be able to convince founders to move here right Absolutely. out of college. Absolutely. Without the arts district, we wouldn't be able to have CEOs of big tech companies visit and say, I can imagine my employees working here. Right. And and that's what we continue to hear so often is that if you continue to make Tulsa a great place to live, you will continue to draw talent. Wow. Powerful. That's powerful. And now, Louis, let's talk a little bit about, you know, in your intro, you talked about your your Broadway run and, and doing all of the theater things that you've done and touring the world. And how do you dovetail all of the experiences you've had touring uh, with Broadway shows around the world, how do you dovetail that into the experience here in Tulsa to make it a more uh, electric, a more happening, a more thriving city? What What are some ways that you kind of envision that? Yeah, and I think if I'm understanding the question correctly, it's about you know why is the what's relevant about that experience and how does it make sense in Tulsa? Exactly, um, and. You know, what's interesting for me in what's always kind of driven me and gotten me out of bed in the morning is uh, some type of storytelling and human impact element, right? So if you're performing in Germany for 200,000 people over the course of a week or something like that, um, or a run, I don't know. It's it's early and I'm not finishing my coffee. Math isn't working. <laughs> but, you know, it's those stories have impact for a reason and then people go out and change because of them. So that's the that's the simple mathematical equation, right? Yep. Um and then what I've what I really liked dovetailing before Tulsa in real estate is um I've learned about myself that I love these tangible assets, right? So mm. um in theater it's about changing people's hearts, minds. In real estate, you can literally change a space and yeah. it's worth more, it's more valuable. Right. So in Tulsa, it's kind of even this bigger thing. It's marrying the two of people and then these tangible assets wow. and helping them grow. Um, and where we're heavily focused, I think, in Tulsa is certainly there's a part of logistical structure, um, infrastructure, and ecosystem that we play a part in. But I think we're a little bit more in the intangible building of people side, which I guess still could be tangible because we're taking someone from zero to one and kind of helping them figure out what their path is and what they want. Um, you know, I think we strongly believe as a team that no one should be subject necessarily to just one pathway because of where they grew up, 
the socioeconomic circumstances to which they're born. Right. Like they should be able to dream just like I was about going and doing musical theater mm-hmm. and traveling the world and doing it. And they should have an executable plan of action to do so. Mm-hmm. And that's one arm of in Tulsa that we're trying to, to really bring forward. Um, how does it relate directly to Tulsa's was another part of your question. And I think it's, uh, Aaron touched on this. One thing that I always think about is we don't want to just grow big, grow fast to grow simply. Yes. It's about thoughtful growth. So what does thoughtful growth mean to us? And I think it means that there's a lot of people at the table, right? We need everyone's thoughts included, including the local community, so that as we're growing the ecosystem and bringing in whoever the next Apple is to be a part of our ecosystem, that we are not leaving behind community members and we're actually helping them excel in these new positions at these companies. So the community growth to us is as big as company growth or ecosystem growth. We see them one and the same. Wow. So in Tulsa, is playing this role in the Tulsa ecosystem, right? Which is kind of curating talent, which is kind of preparing talent, which is dovetailing portfolio companies with talent opportunities and uh, market market trends and you know um, labor market demand. All you're kind of working this whole flywheel of, of of pieces, right? Yep. What? How do you see? in Tulsa positioning itself in this ecosystem um, as that kind of uh, lead organization, or or we won't say lead, how about we say partnering organization uh, in this ecosystem? How do you kind of envision that? What do you see that looking like? How does it feel like to the greater uh, Tulsa ecosystem? I think our role in the ecosystem is really to be talent strategy and acquisition for our client partners Mm -hmm. and local partners. Um, which could be anyone from, um, you know, on the funding side to local workforce development to higher ed ed institutions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we want to be the connecting tissue to all of them. And I think the reason that we are best poised to do so is because we're seeing uh, both sides of the funnel, which is what I view as candidates and companies. Um, So we are the people to connect them to those candidates to opportunities and companies to candidates, but then also local partnerships. Okay. I don't know if that totally answers your yeah, question. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Good, Aaron. No, I, I think Louis is 100% right where we, what in Tulsa is trying to do within the community is be the enabler. Mm. We want to help all of the organizations that have real tangible goals to grow our economy in their unique niches. Our unique niche is the talent niche. And we need to be able to support all of these different efforts that require really great people to be able to thrive. And so when we think about how do we prepare the candidates to be able to interview well and show up well, to gain the skills that a tech company is going to need to grow here in Tulsa, um, we have to think about that a few years out. It's, It's not about being so responsive every time. When the next large company comes knocking at our door and says, we're ready to hire 500 people, do you have them ready? We want to be able to say, yes, we've been working with these companies. Exactly. And the other piece that I think in Tulsa play is really leading the charge on, oh, let me say that again. The other area where I think in Tulsa is leading the charge is on this transition across America into work from anywhere. Mm. And working from anywhere is going to be so transformative in the way that we think about companies, where we're really focused on 
Where do employees want to live? They've got the power. And so we have to make sure that we have the mechanisms set up for companies to hire people from anywhere, but prefer to hire them from Tulsa Mm. because we have supported those employees to be better distributed workers. Um, And I think that is so key for the way that Intulsa is positioning itself within this community and across the country is to support Tulsa becoming the best place for work from anywhere with our partners like Tulsa Remote, with our government institutions. All of those things um, allow us to get more people working in tech, which pays 59% higher than other occupations in Tulsa, Mm. where it's more resilient in the economy and and less prone to um, turbulence and economic downswings. Tech jobs are stable, good jobs. It's where our economy is heading. And how can we make Tulsa the best place in the country for those tech jobs, tech workers to be located? Wonderful. Okay. So right while we're right in this vein, just this in a blurb, tell us who what is in Tulsa and what are some of the key tenets of it that this is almost like your commercial, right? Like I, <laughs> if people wanted to wanted to join, wanted to find out more, like what what in in just a, a blurb, what is in Tulsa? So in Tulsa is uh our local talent strategy and acquisition partner. So if you think of us in almost three different departments where there's a business development solutions function, those are the people outside of Tulsa Mm -hmm. telling the Tulsa story, bringing us quote unquote leads more or less. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, it would get passed to a local partnerships team. And that team is really about uh, relationship management, account management, scoping out the opportunity making sure that they're actually being the consultative partner and uncovering anything that the partnership may need that we, they can leverage in Tulsa, mm-hmm. whether it's state and local incentives, uh, you know, connection to the chamber, higher ed institutions, can we build a talent pipeline for you? All those kind of things that don't exist in a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. So why would a company who's sitting in New York even think of that? Right. Um, and then, of course, we still have the, the talent side of our business, which right. is uh, probably 90% of the time being leveraged by our, our client partnerships. Um, and those are, we've rebranded from recruiters and we, we've coined them with a 21st century term called talent partners. Right. Um, and that's really, you know, it, it's, it's cute, warm, fuzzy, but it's also really about, I think there's so much more than recruiters. They're all so fabulously talented mm-hmm. that it's not about the traditional agency model of let's let's maximize our commission our revenue structure get people in seats figure out like how can we just blow this up and make as much money as possible because at the end of the day that's not our goal like we've been saying it's about growing an ecosystem and making it somewhere that people want to be they feel welcome and can be um and feel like they can leverage that long-term growth that we think we're creating um so that's really our entire um, this isn't quite a 30 minute, 30 second elevator <laughs> no, pitch, but no. I think it's, it's relevant and it's about, yeah. um, you know, figuring out how, how do we, how are we that consultative partner for people mm-hmm. above and beyond just let's match Aaron Wiggum with a new job. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and it, it is so much more than that. It's so much more than just a staffing agency, right? You're not just a right. staffing agency. You are almost like an ecosystem curator. Uh, or you know, or you play a role in that in that in that place. So, uh, you were gonna say something here, right? Well, no, I think I think uh, a lot of what Louis talked about. You know, we have so many different audiences mm-hmm. that nailing our pitch in one phrase is often difficult. Yeah. Um, 
what I what I think we are trying to be at in Tulsa is to be the pulse of the tech ecosystem. Mm. Where are we failing to supply enough talent? Where are there opportunities for great paying jobs where Tulsa companies or other companies that we're already connected to that people could step into with just a, a little bit of training? Mm. And so I've often described in Tulsa as the last mile solution for growing our tech economy. Wow. We have to put, we have to get people and companies past that last hump mm -hmm. to match with each other and get working. Right. And, and I think that is the key sort of by any means necessary. How does in Tulsa guide companies and guide people to actually get working in the tech economy? Let's talk about challenges. Mm. What are some of the challenges that I you thought we were only doing softball questions? Here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some of the challenges that you guys have faced um, in the what last year of uh, the evolution of the company. Uh, what have been some of those challenges? What are ways that you've been able to overcome them? And what are some things that you're you're still kind of wrestling with uh, right. in, in terms of the you know developing the company? Can, can Louie and I popcorn back and forth a yeah, bit? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, I would say first challenge has been how do we articulate the Tulsa value proposition? Mm -hmm. um, we are talking to companies from all over the place. They have plenty of cities throwing themselves uh, at these companies saying, hire here, hire here, and trying to articulate what's special about Tulsa without people being able to come and visit because yeah. we started during the pandemic. Right has been certainly difficult mm -hmm. um, because when people get here, they love it. They love it. Yep. I mean, Tulsa, the, you, there is something magical about yes. walking around with somebody like Aaron Wiggum and running into 20 people, you know, <laughs> and, and just seeing all of the assets kind of together yes. and, and, and understanding that intangible feeling of this is a special community and mm -hmm. a special place. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say one of those challenges is just how do we make Tulsa stand out? when so much of what makes us special is this feeling that you get from being here. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think my answer would be uh, more along the lines of challenges and recurring challenges we've seen both with candidates and companies. Mm. On the candidate side, it's, it's pretty interesting because our gateway, our entry point, right, is really about uh, geographic agnosticism, meaning, you know, mm -hmm. they'll hire from anywhere right. in this new post-COVID, mm -hmm. or I guess we're never getting out of COVID, right, this right. Post <laughs> whatever this new world is we're living in. Right. But so everyone's kind of embracing, and I think quicker than I initially expected, this distributed model. Yeah. With that, it allows opportunities for places like Tulsa. Tulsa Remote's done a fantastic job since 2018 of actually yes. building up that remote ecosystem to make us a player on the map. Yes. But then one of the challenges is how do we flip those companies from being geo-agnostic into then being all in on Tulsa. And I think it's somewhat what Aaron's talking about. It's because initially the conversation starts, we get the conversation because we're talking about their balance sheet. It's cost savings, right. lower cost of living, et cetera. Right. Um, and those things are true. And it's a it, it'll always be a moving target. It is what it is. Right. Um, but because we can beat the coast on that now, it's, it's how do we then get people here mm -hmm. or how do we get them to some type of um, scale in their Tulsa hiring because that's when we see buy-in grow exponentially. You know, if if someone can come in for a weekend and they can do 
Uh, I call it the Grant Bumgarner Tulsa tour, which I think is one of the best Tulsa tours. In shout out, shout out to Grant and, and mm-hmm. shout out to Will Gray too. I haven't been on his, but I heard his is fantastic okay. as well. That, um, that's the bike tour. Okay. Oh, that's the bike tour. <laughs> Got it. It's it's a little too outdoorsy for me. Me too. <laughs> um, but you know, th- that's when people actually start to understand the intangible benefits yeah. in being a part of an e- a supportive ecosystem rather than uh, a competitive ecosystem. And let me define that because you know. Obviously, in economics, we need to compete. And I think Tulsa as a city is competing, but on the more micro level, it's one of the most supportive places I've ever been to in the world. You know what? That's a beautiful point you're making because the competition in Tulsa feels more like practice than a game. Mm. Uh, Beta city. Yeah. When 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 you practice on a team, you're competing as well. You're competing for time. You're competing for attention. You're comp- the, the practice itself is competition, but it, it doesn't have the same stakes as a game where you're actually trying to dominate someone else and you're, you're trying to win at their demise. <laughs> we're not trying to cannibalize each other here where we are trying to win each other's demise. We are trying to help the other one to get stronger. Right. And so that, that's a beautiful point you make. Uh, and I think, I, I think it, it's totally that. And that's like the business perspective. But if we kind of zoom out and talk about like, you know, how do we facilitate growth in Tulsa and why is it sustainable? Yeah. I think it goes back to community core values. Mm-hmm. And I think at its core, Tulsa is a community that cares. Yeah. And I think our local partnerships from real estate developers, philanthropists, higher ed institutions, they're all ready to see these 21st century businesses not only succeed here, but excel yes. because there aren't those barriers. Yes. So, yeah. so one of the challenges in that, and, and I think I loved your analogy, Aaron, about the practice in the game. Yes. You know, one of the things to note is if you feel this pressure all the time, you may be more risk averse. Yeah. We are we're pretty risk tolerant right. here in Tulsa. Yeah. And you know, what do we have to lose? We we need to do bold things. We need to try different tactics and sometimes, you know, removing that fear of failure allows us to just go do and try and I feel so lucky to be in that kind of supportive environment um where we can take some big risks. The other thing that I would say is that we have to do this as a region. Mm-hmm. Tulsa is not competing against Bentonville and Oklahoma City and Correct. Kansas City. We're competing against Austin and San Francisco and New York City. And there's something around the the compact in the heartland mm-hmm. that is going to be really key for our success um, that we need to attract people back to this region overall. Yeah. Uh, and one of the challenges there is that our educational system in Oklahoma yeah. is not producing the kind of graduates that are attractive to tech companies at the scale we need to produce them. Wow. And so that has been you know, the biggest challenge where we're seeing some really creative solutions with mm-hmm. partners like Holberton and Satellite, which mm-hmm. is a tech training uh, boot camp and Foundry College, um, Salesforce admin and project management training program and, and more. But we have to figure out how we give people the opportunities to grow their skills when it's not necessarily happening through our traditional educational pipelines. And how do we build those things at the same time? Yeah, it's difficult. It's, it's a lot of a lot of moving pieces at the same time. Um, I, I think that you, you brought up a good point. That was a really good segue there. Uh, talk to the individual right now who is in Arkansas uh, on their couch listening to us 
talk to the person right now who is in middle of Iowa or in North Dakota listening to us or maybe someone in Miami who's frustrated with the pace of the city. How do you, how would you get them to Tulsa? You know, for for years, my friends questioned, why the hell do you live in Tulsa? <laughs> I hear it all the time, too. <laughs> I think you hear that. I'm sure Louie hears that. Yep. You know, we and, and and over time, I think people have started to realize that there is something very appealing about being in a place that is malleable. Mm. I went to Chicago. Yeah, I love Chicago. It's where I grew up. My family is there, but I didn't feel like I was needed there. Mm. And I didn't feel like I was able to see the holistic picture of how everything fit together Mm. across the business community, the nonprofit community, the government sector. Mm -hmm. There is something about Tulsa that it's the right size to be able to wrap your head around the interconnected nature of all of these key sectors and institutions that build a real tech economy. And there's something special about the American experience here that you get to be a part of shaping it versus entering into something that's already been built. So that's my pitch on why people need to move to Tulsa is to be part of shaping what do cities look like in the next hundred years versus being in a place where they are just a consumer of the civic uh, economy. Yeah, and I think I think a different way of I I think very similarly, and a different way to say that is, you know, working in New York for a decade, a little over a decade. It's you know you get on the rise and grind, mm-hmm. you do the thing, and you are literally a cog in a machine. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity to help build the machine. Mm. It's you know I I'm terrible at actually quoting people, but I love remembering quotes. Yeah. And someone said, you know, the the best way to predict the future is to create it. And I think that's what this opportunity is. It's about being a part of, and by the way, it's not hard to get into because like I said, we're a supportive community. We want great thought leaders. We want great people here. Um, So I think everyone, I would challenge everyone to, to find a non-welcoming Tulsa. I mean, people will stop on the street. My favorite is a standover by Valkyrie and people are like, I'm looking for this steakhouse. It's supposed to be down an alley. Right. And yeah. you like point it on there. Yeah. The alley. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's what I think it is. And that's what it's been for me is I wanted to be not just a part of creating an organization that felt um, exciting to me coming out of business school. But I think this opportunity is tenfold that because it's building an organization within an ecosystem that's growing. So, so that's been pretty cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let's look at 2025. Michigan's playing OU in 2025, Uh-oh. so I'll be happy. There you go. All right. <laughs> go blue. Uh, go blue. <laughs> we have just a few years. It's coming quick. So uh, 2025, what do you envision for Tulsa and in Tulsa uh, in 2025? And you could speak selfishly or you could speak, you know, a little more uh, pragmatically. Mm. I mean, I... Th- I would almost stretch this question out because I think we're thinking in time horizons of 10, 20, 30 years if oh, okay. we're an economic growth so let's go 2030. machine. Yeah. But even 2025, you know, I think there's going to be sizable growth. What yeah. does that growth look like? I really don't have a good answer for you. And I kind of like that because it means, to Aaron's point, we are malleable. Mm-hmm. I think one of our biggest assets is how nimble we are, both right. as an organization at in Tulsa, right. but our sister organizations, yes. our local stakeholders, mm-hmm. partners local and state government, everyone plays well together. And it means we can stand things up here 
like they can't be stood up elsewhere. Tulsa's small enough where you can make decisions quickly, but we're large enough to matter on the national scale. Mm. Like what we do in Tulsa can be a model for other cities because we're over a million people, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're at that point where we're relevant, but we can also move a lot quicker mm-hmm. than most other places. And, and one of the ways that I think we can point to that and see that is with all of these companies for better or yeah. worse, figuring out what their ESG component is, their DE&I, that is where I think we will see a lot of growth and thoughtful growth. You know, when I think about where's Tulsa in 2025, I think we have a really clear pathway for people who have grown up from various different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. socioeconomic statuses, racial backgrounds, Mm -hmm. you know, different opportunities. They all have a plan on how they want to move into a stable career Mm -hmm. and they have the opportunity to do so. I also see a world in which, you know, a hundred tech companies have 10, 15, 20 people working here in Tulsa. Right. And I, I look less to the future of how do we get a headquarters mm. here. I see more that we are a city on the cutting edge of bringing remote workers here, but giving them all of the most amazing resources to grow their careers, to work in you know, accessible spaces like 36 Degrees North, and to have a networking community that is more inclusive than most other cities. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I, I see for Tulsa's future is that you have people who work remotely, but they come together to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a really supportive network that spans organizational boundaries and becomes more of a, a citywide effort. Mm. Yeah. And talking about intangible offerings that Tulsa has, I think that's a huge part that we at in Tulsa want to build out. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, be on the lookout 2022 for our more community driven events. And by community, we really talk about our alumni, um, like how do we, at the base of it, it's, imp- it's improving retention and attrition. You know, we mm-hmm. want higher retention, lower attrition. Right. So with that, you know, if a company comes in, I think initially we thought it was going to be this like HQ model, like yeah. HQ2. Yeah. It could be eventually. Mm-hmm. I think right now where we're playing and having more success is hire 10 to 15 people here. Why don't you build a, what we're calling a pod mm-hmm. in Tulsa? We will support them. We will make sure they feel a part of the community because yeah. I think that's going to be one of the biggest hurdles in this this distributed model that everyone's going towards now. And I think rightfully so. But how do people stay connected? How do they stay, stay connected to their colleagues? How do they feel um, there is that sense of community within their work and larger impact? And I think that's you know through human interaction. That's a brilliant concept you just said with the pods. Uh, kind of like how the incubator space has, uh, you know, different groups, different companies yep. all in the same space. Uh, you could have these pods where you maybe have seven people from this company, seven people from that, but they're all able to grow here. They have all the resources. They have copier, printer. That's already yes. been compiled for them. They don't totally. have to. And, yeah. and that's the way the future of these hiring models for tech companies. How can they say, we don't have one headquarters office, but we have groupings of people all over. And what we hope Tulsa can also become is the place where large companies come together to collaborate and to also be inspired by the history of this place, of the 1921 race massacre and what comes out of that and the future for black entrepreneurship, of the deep Native American history here Mm -hmm. in the kind of ingenuity of tribes that were forced here, but also the tribes that were here 
for hundreds and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really also believe that while we don't want every single tech worker in the country to start flocking to Tulsa, right. we want to have every tech leader in the company in the country come through Tulsa mm. at some point. Right. And and how we can build that is by allowing it allowing more people to work remotely from here and making it a super attractive place mm-hmm. for people to work and uh and spur new ideas. Powerful. Powerful. So I got last question. Uh what is something uh that you have yet to accomplish? This is more of a personal question for each of you. I mean, what's interesting, before joining Aaron and team at in Tulsa, I had a business background. It was not talent, recruiting, strategy, <laughs> right. HR, none of those things. Um, so what's interesting for me, and I have to ask myself, well, because it was a very interesting opportunity. Yeah. So then you have to take a step back and say, okay, well, why are we so interested in this? Right. And I think for me, it's because the function that we're delivering, which is our product is talent mm. or the strategy to acquire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at the core of it, that's really what drives good companies, good products. So I think it, if, if we can get talent right, a lot of other things fall into place. Mm-hmm. So it feels like this thing that's at the, the core and hub of it. And, you know, what have I yet to accomplish or what are we, I, I think I would rephrase your question and say, what are we on, on the way to accomplishing? Mm-hmm. And for me, I think that's, uh, as broad of reach as possible. I'm thinking global. Mm-hmm. Um, how and how do we systematize this in a way mm-hmm. where we are affecting people on a global level from Tulsa for Tulsa and in Tulsa? Mm. That was a great answer, Louis, and and way to turn that question right back around. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. yeah, yeah. How about that? <laughs> no, I'm I'm a little less uh, you know quick on the the fly, but my go my, to acting school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Need to do more improv. Um, but where my head immediately went is. I, we are so lucky in Tulsa to have the philanthropic support that we have Absolutely, where I want to head in the future. Something that I want to achieve here is how do we institutionalize some of the supports for making Tulsa the best city for remote or work from anywhere without philanthropic reliance. Mm. So what are the policies that we can change that allow this community to start attracting more companies and more individuals in the tech space without the kind of heavy hand and really high touch interaction that we currently need to get everything started. So I think that's what's going to really allow Tulsa and Oklahoma to scale is when we can start to figure out the tax benefits, the incentives, the programs that shift from a 20th century model to a 21st century model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that is where the real work lies. Okay. Good, good, good. And there, there's one more thing I wanted to touch sure. on if we have a second. Because yes. <laughs> um, I, I, I think um, in some of our, our uh, back and forth before this, you were asking, you know, what, are, what am I, what are we most proud of as an org? I mean, one of the things that I was thinking about, um, what I'm most proud of for the organization is the team we've assembled. They're some of the best people I've ever worked with. And then smartest, I mean, best like just human beings and then smartest in all of their various functions on the team. Mm -hmm. But what I'm most proud of is how we treat people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, I touched on this earlier, but at the end of the day, this entire machine is about people Mm. and their stories, their strengths, opportunities for development. How do we tap into all those things? Mm -hmm. And 
it's weird because it be, it's become somewhat cliche, but I wholeheartedly agree that by taking care of your people, they'll take care of your product, customers, mm-hmm. and in turn, that's going to facilitate growth. So there is this business strategy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think none of these things should exist in any type of silo or vacuum. And what we do are we're connecting all aspects of that, um, which is people and quote unquote talent. Right. What Louis just brought up about our team made me think of a quick anecdote uh, that I think would also be a good parting thought. Um, you know, we at Intulsa were talking to the CEO of a company considering hiring a, a large group of people here. And, you know, throughout our conversations, he asked, I am so impressed by everybody that I've interacted with. How do you all hire? And what do you look for in bringing in such a great group of people? And one, we were flattered to get that kind of feedback, mm-hmm. but, but we had some, I had to stop and think about it. And one of the things that I think un- allows us to work with such an amazing team, and it's not just about in Tulsa, you know, the who you work for in Tulsa matters a lot less than just what you're trying to achieve. Right. And one of the things that I think makes Tulsa so successful and attracts the right kind of people to this work is that flexibility that we don't get hung up on egos we we give away our projects we are flexible to saying okay what i thought i was going to do you know 6 months ago is totally different from what i'm doing today and i think that kind of solutions oriented problem solving is just so key to have to have the amount of people that we have working on these problems who all still kind of share that mindset is really unique and really special. And I feel so lucky to get to work with such a smart, but also fluid and flexible group of people who are just willing to do whatever it takes to build Tulsa up. Wow. Well, guys, I, I must say that I am thrilled to be working with you guys and, and to, to actually, you know, pick up a, a, a the, the shovel and kind of rebuild Tulsa or build Tulsa around some of these dreams and um, uh, strategies that we're talking about. And uh, I'm so glad, Aaron, that you decided to come back. Uh, you came back a couple months after I got here. And uh, when you came back- This, we, this town is big enough for two Aaron's. For two Aaron's, right. <laughs> <laughs> and Louie, uh, you came a little bit after that. And uh, I'm really glad that you chose to come here. The work here Likewise. Is, is wonderful. The people are wonderful. And where what it's shaping up to be is just um, it's really amazing. It's it's remarkable. I think that when people come to the city, it's palpable. They can feel it right away that we're on the cusp of something great. And um, if you have not been to Tulsa, Oklahoma in the last five years, you you owe it to yourself to come past here and to see uh, what the city has to offer, as well as to uh, meet some of these wonderful people here. So. Uh, with all that said, thank you guys for your time. Uh, and we're in hopes to hear more of the great things that you guys are doing here in the city of Tulsa. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Be Atento podcast. You can find this podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. Make sure to subscribe or follow and to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow Atento Capital across all social media platforms. And we look forward to speaking with you all again on the next episode of Be Atento.